it's really easy to see someone else that maybe has made a lot of money or gotten a lot of fame in an industry and to just start doing the things they did Mm -hmm. and be totally disconnected from the desires that they have for their life Mm -hmm. and get down the road and realize I'm in a place that's great, but it's not what I want. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what got me into graduate school. I looked at my professors and I thought, I want that life. I want to teach at a small liberal arts school. This looks amazing. And so I was like, how do we do this? And they said, oh, go to a top graduate school. And so I did. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want this at all. So it's like following someone else's formula is going to yield something that worked for them, which might not necessarily be something that works for us. Welcome to Mind Witchery. I'm your host, Natalie Miller, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest, Kristen Sweeting, for today's Conjuring. Hi, Kristen. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Kristen and I have known one another in various capacities, just so you all know. We've been in coaching relationships together. We've been colleagues in this kind of world of coaching and of supporting people who are uh, creating their own businesses. And um, Kristen, you so came to mind for me when I was thinking about conjuring integrity, which I hope feels like a fucking compliment because <laughs> that's so that's it so does. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So tell the good people just a tiny bit about you and where you are in the world right now. Well, thank you for having me. This morning I was taking my morning walk, listening to your last podcast episode and just so excited to be here having this conversation. Mm -hmm. I am a photographer. I've been a photographer for 12 plus years. I started as commercial photography, musicians, turned into weddings, um, and then have started coaching photographers and creatives since doing that business, um, which has been really fun. So I have courses and do coaching and retreats. And I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee with my son, who for a lot of my business building years, I was single parenting and also with his bonus dad, Andrew. So we just have a great old time outside of Nashville, being creative, living life a little differently and just, yeah, taking everything one day at a time. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what I thought we would do today is take this like big word integrity that to me, I don't know. It's like if this word were a building, it would be like a big marble building. It seems so, it seems to me so solid and serious as a word. And I wanted to explore it a little bit. And I think what you just said totally helps me see why I wanted to explore it with you. I'm doing things a little differently. So what do you think, like when we're living in integrity, I think part of what we're doing is we're being true to ourselves. How is it that like being true to yourself kind of means that you do things a little differently? I honestly, I freaked out a little bit when you said that this was the topic, because I think integrity in the past has felt like this um, word full of shame for me of like, Mm. I hope you're doing things the right way. Mm. I hope you're following all the rules. I hope you have like ethics that are beyond question. Um, And some of this comes from a lot of religious upbringing. I was in something that I would consider a cult for most of my childhood where there was a lot of pressure to Mm -hmm. be good, be quiet, be sweet, be, you know, perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I think for a long time, this pressure towards integrity felt like following someone else's rules Mm. and making sure that there was no one that could question my intentions But it was playing someone else's rule book, Mm. you know, like not showing my shoulders was someone else's rule book, not 
being um, fun or flirty was someone else's rule book, you know. So Mm. my relationship with integrity feels complicated because now to me it does mean like you're going to do things differently when you really listen to your intuition and what feels like integrity to you. Mm. Um, but I don't know if that makes sense that it feels it feels like a complicated relationship because of that past. Yeah. That past feeling with that word. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And I'm so happy to start there with this idea that, you know, integrity, because it is this big marble building of a word, it feels very, very kind of solid. And yeah, I think it it can have shades of rule following and being beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. It makes me think though, you know, that rule book, the dominating culture's rule book, right? It was not written for us. Right. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't written to help us thrive. It was written to keep us quiet and covered, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so you said another I word, intuition. You talked about intuition Tell me a little bit about that. Like, how does your intuition help you be in integrity now? If you're not following the rule book and you are following your intuition, like, what does that look like? Yeah, it has been kind of a slow process. And honestly, I'm thankful for coaches and other people like you who have spoken into this season for me or into like building my intuition because I think it was my intuition was really blocked for a really long time. Mm. And so now, you know, what intuition and integrity look like for me is is a lot of times living differently. It's doing the thing that feels right in my body, even when I'm afraid people will question it. Mm. And I noticed myself kind of getting away from that. I was talking with a friend about this yesterday. I don't know if you if you relate to this, but I'll start like asking everyone's opinion mm. about a question that I really like I already know the answer, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, I want to make sure that my friends think it's a good idea, that like this person approves that I'm getting this outward validation for the thing mm-hmm. that I want or like someone else kind of scripting decisions for me. Mm-hmm. And so to come back to your original question about integrity, when I come to this place within myself where I'm like, this is the right decision for me. And it actually doesn't matter if other people don't validate it. That feels like integrity. Mm. But it's still a messy road to get there. And I think like that time of asking for validation keeps getting shorter and shorter the more I start trusting my intuition. Hmm. I love that. I will say I can see you. Of course, our listener can't see you, but I can see you kind of gathering your hands in toward your kind of toward your heart space. And so I'm curious, like when you have that embodied feeling of this is right, what does it feel like for you? Yeah, I'm like, I'm touching kind of my chest because mm-hmm. it does feel like this, this deep knowing but, you know, and we, we've talked about this. We talked about this on my podcast the other day of often what my head says is different than what my body says. It feels yeah. so peaceful. Mm. It feels sure. It feels confident. And I think those are markers for me of being in integrity mm-hmm. is like I've done all the mental gymnastics. I've done all the thinking through what will this person think? Is this in line with my philosophy? Is this, you know, all the kind of like – mindy mind work and then it just settles yeah and it's like this is the path forward and it will be okay but it is just such an embodied it's different than than all of the logic that happens in my head yeah yeah you know it's interesting when you were talking about asking for other people's opinions just last night I was teaching new coaches and I was talking about um, when we get into like ethically sticky situations what do we do and we talked about this component of ethical decision making which is called the light of day approach it's like okay so if other people knew that this was the decision I was making how would I feel and one of the one of the students in the class was like but I thought we weren't supposed to like get approval from other people and I was like yeah that's a really good point i wonder for you like there's something about 
let me say this out loud to another person just to like almost begin to decide, almost begin to manifest it. Like I'm telling someone, I'm considering leaving my husband. And when I speak it and I put it out there, out of my out of my head heart and into the dialogue, like maybe a little bit I want to know what they think, but I also think I want to know what I think. <laughs> like I'm putting it out there to see how they respond and how it feels when they respond. Do you do you think there might be a little bit of that in there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you consider yourself an external processor at all or are you an internal processor? Mm, I I really think I'm both. I'm at, when whenever I do like Myers-Briggs or anything like that, I'm always on the EI front. I'm right in the middle. And so I think I need to do I need to do both. There's internal processing that has to happen, but then there is external processing that has to happen too. What about you? Yeah, I'm I tend to be right in the middle too. Mm-hmm. So I I do think yeah, speaking it out loud starts kind of bringing it into reality. Yeah. of what would that feel like to say that more often or you know, I think the power of words is so there's so much power there, you know, like I'm a photographer. It took me years of being a photographer before I would say that. Yes. And starting to say that you almost get to try that on and like feel more confident the more you're practicing it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think with decision-making, it's some of that too. Like what does that feel like if I say I'm going to be this or I'm thinking about being this or doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes like, you know, less about does this person agree with me or not? Though I totally hear there's, of course, right, we're, we're humans and we have this desire for the approval of the rest of the group. But at the same time, it's sort of like, how do I feel saying it? And if they disagree with me, how strongly do I still stand in it myself, right? Like if I say, I'm thinking about leaving my husband and they're like, no, you couldn't. What happens inside me? Do I go, oh yeah, let's talk about how I can't. Or do I say, no, I think I can, (laughs) right? And it kind of becomes like almost like a little mental reps, right? Like I'm doing a little mental weightlifting to say like, how can I hold someone's disapproval here actually? And would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah. I remember my therapist asking me that when, when I was leaving my marriage and I was, I had this kind of script in my head of like, what if I am the problem? What if I am Mm -hmm. a narcissist? What if I am this toxic person? You know, like Mm -hmm. what if I have to stay? And she was like, what if I sat here and I told you, Kristen, you have to stay. Right. And I was like, my whole body is freaking out. Like I want to go jump off a bridge, you know? And she's like, there's your answer, you know? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Right. She's like, you don't have to stay. I love that. I love that. Okay. So in Conjuring Integrity, I'm definitely getting this piece of checking in, especially with our bodies to see, you know, how does body feel even when someone disagrees? Or how does body feel when someone says, I can see that for you? Does body light up and say, oh, you can see it too? Like, is it so exciting? Yeah, I love that. You know, for me, it often comes to breathing. If something's not right, my breath, it like doesn't move. I'm almost I'm almost wondering how even am I oxygenating right now? Because I can't feel any movement. But when something feels right, And that could be from like how much I'm charging for something. It could be a decision I'm making. It could be a parenting moment. Like if I can feel that my breath is moving, then that's a sign to me. Like, yep, this is right. Totally. I feel like when you feel that peaceful feeling, you're you're more open. I feel more open. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am inspired to go and do things. I can keep moving through things. And I also do a lot of like checking back with my values. I've done so much journaling and thinking through kind of like who do I want to be as a person in the world. Mm -hmm. And even looking at that list or thinking about those embodied values gives me the courage to live differently too. Um, you know, do a lot more 
that's not in line with a nine to five schedule or much more tied to um, kind of like freedom and location freedom mm. and um, doing things that feel countercultural, but they all kind of come back to this these values that I feel so deeply inside. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like start feeling when you're outside of those. When you do something for a time, and you know, you, I can do things for a time. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean I'm not ethical. It just means that, you know, maybe for a time I had to make that move, but it didn't mm-hmm. totally feel true to me or like mm-hmm. what I want to be moving forward in. And then mm-hmm. kind of like readjusting. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about an example of a course correction that you've had like that where you're you're going along living your life and then all of a sudden you find yourself like this is not actually aligned with who I want to be? Like is there is there a time that comes to mind for you? I've had a few different ones. A lot of it comes back to how I want to be relationally. So I I kind of redo this lesson that I keep learning, Mm -hmm. which is I want to be really present in my friendships and have really deep connected relationships with my son and with my spouse and with the people that I really care about. And it's really easy to kind of get drawn into this um, hustle, grow your business, scale your coaching business, do Mm -hmm. more, be more, get more kind of like attention for what you do, which Mm -hmm. I don't think any of those things are bad. And I actually think I will do a lot of those things in my career, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of this getting that foundation, the foundation getting lost in the path to the building. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I kind of had scaled a coaching business that just didn't feel aligned for the time. It didn't feel aligned for a few different reasons. I think timing was one of them. I mm-hmm. think size was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I had to make some adjustments and take a break and kind of step back and look at it and be like, where did the foundation kind of get lost of what I really want this to be? Mm-hmm. So I took a big break and I'm about to relaunch it again. So it's not that I totally lost the thing that I wanted to do or totally lost my business. It just was mm-hmm. – the building blocks weren't in the right places mm-hmm. and I had to pull back to see that and then to put my health at the very foundational building blocks, my relationships right above that yeah, and then the business that I wanted instead of the other way around. Yeah. My body will start physically getting sick. I don't know if yours does this. I will start physically getting sick. I will experience all this inflammation I'll have a lot more stress or kind of like anxiety. Um, and those are also my my body being like, hey, Kristen, yeah. <laughs> you're a little off track here. Something's mm-hmm. out of whack. And it's just an invitation to look at it for me. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about values lately on, on Mind Witchery and just that idea that values are living active ways of being, right? It's not like a word on a page. Like, I value health and wellness. It's like, no, valuing health and wellness. When I'm valuing health and wellness, here's what you see me doing. Here's what you see me prioritizing. And I hear you. I think because of that dominant culture's total disregard for health and wellness, I mean, Let's be real about it, right? Even if your office is having a wellness fair, <laughs> it's it's for two hours over lunch on a Thursday. They're like, you know, um, really, truly valuing health and wellness. It is not immediately, obviously compatible with the ways that we're taught to build success. But it strikes me, Kristen, as just like so courageous to make a shift like that, to go from, okay, I've got this successful growing business that I secretly deep down know isn't allowing me to be healthy and whole and connected in my relationships. Like besides body kind of ringing the alarm bells, what else helped you to take that break and make that shift? I, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before. I, my world works in metaphors. <laughs> like just things will happen in my external world that are big signals to me. So 
I had a kind of an accident where I almost drowned last summer. And it was this really potent metaphor in real life of I was, everything was fine. I was floating down this river. And then all of a sudden, everything kind of went wrong. And the kayak started taking on water. I started, you know, I started sinking, started, I got like pushed up against these logs. Everything, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Hmm. And there was a moment where I was holding on to the kayak. I was holding on to like my Starbucks trash. I was like, I can't lose my trash. I can't litter in this river. You know, again, like, again, that old thought of integrity being, I can't do the wrong thing. I can't break the rule. I was like, I can't litter. I can't lose this guy's kayak. While I'm like against this log drowning, I had to let go of all of that, the things I was trying to save that didn't actually matter. And to let go of that and like prioritize kind of saving myself first. Like breathing? Prioritize breathing. Yeah. (laughs) Like breathing, like... Yeah. I, you know, so ended up getting myself out of that situation, still not sure how exactly, and then just like floating down the river for a couple miles until I found someone's house. And I was like, you know, had lost all that stuff, whatever, lost the phone, lost the kayak, lost the things. And maybe 20 minutes after getting on shore, all of those things came back. And it's interesting, I keep going back to that metaphor even though that was a real life thing that happened where where I know if I let go of things that are making me feel trapped, they'll either come back in a better way when I'm safe and when I'm in a good place or, or they won't and that will be okay. But like, so, you know, letting go of it wasn't that I still feel like I'm, I'm a great coach. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep running a program. I'm really excited about it. But I had to like get my emotional shit together first, mm-hmm. you know? I had to stop trying to save things that weren't my responsibility to save mm-hmm. and figure out how to do that work first before I came back to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it it really – it was real life situations, but also I think that was my integrity being like, hey, you got some stuff you need to work on first yeah. before you try to go and help other people. Ugh. So it actually didn't feel in line with my own integrity to keep coaching until I worked through some of my own things. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, as you're telling that story, I'm like, she's choosing herself. She's choosing herself, right? I'm losing all of these things, but I'm finding me. <laughs> like, I'm discovering I'm a buoyant creature, actually. I'm a human. I'm a buoyant creature. I can float down the river when I'm unencumbered and I'm not holding on to all of this stuff that's holding me back. Oh, oh my gosh. I feel that like in my whole body. Well, and I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this too, but you know, for years I had imagined growing my business to the size, to the point that I had. Like this, I was living my dreams. I was running the business of my dreams, but there was something that I had not faced personally, mm-hmm. my own people-pleasing tendencies, my own codependent tendencies. There were things that were that kept tripping up the work I was doing that needed my attention, that I needed to choose myself. And actually, I wasn't helping anyone. I mean, you know, I was helping people, but I wasn't helping people to the point that I know that I will be able to now that I've done some of my own work. But yeah, letting go, letting go of the dream was hard. You know, that's what I thought all of my time and effort had gone towards. How could I let that go? Mm-hmm. But I think what's so beautiful about life is like the right things come back and they come back in different ways and in better ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me think of the, you know, the happily ever after promise that we're made since fairy tales when we're children. And and also capitalism makes us that promise, right? It's like, listen, all you need is the corner office and then it's happily ever after from there. Or all you need is to hit seven figures and then it's happily ever after from there. But actually, those new places often include things we didn't expect 
would be there. Like I think about going to graduate school to become an English professor once upon a time and thinking, this is going to be so amazing. We're going to talk about literature. I'm going to learn how to be a professor. That is not what graduate school was for me. (laughs) Graduate school was like, please learn how to rip apart other people's thinking and prove that you're the smartest. And I didn't know that's what it was going to be. So I got there. I got the stipend to the best program in the country. Like I was there and I was like, um, I chose this door. I was not really aware of what was behind it. (laughs) And what's behind it is not what I want. So can we talk about that desire thing for a moment? It's like what we really want, because there's to me a component of this too, right? I thought this is what I wanted, but now that I'm here, I realize actually I want the weekend off. Actually, I want to be able to go to Pilates today. Actually, I want to go away with my spouse for a week and not worry about the business, right? So what do you think is the role of like desire and wanting when it comes to living in integrity? I mean, I think they're like little light beacons that help you steer the boat where you're supposed to go. Like I think Mm. desire is important to pay attention to. You know, one of the, the biggest reasons I wanted to build my business was to have more time with my son, was to be able to travel, was a lot of of things that I was like, oh, one day when I'm here, I'll do these things. Mm-hmm. And now what I've realized is you have to start doing those things while you're in the building too. Otherwise, you can kind of build this thing that then pushes out the desires that you actually had. Oh my gosh. You know, and you kind of have to keep checking yourself against those little light beacons of, is this business, is this way I'm structuring it? giving me that freedom? Mm -hmm. Is it letting me have those relationships? If not, like, where can I, where can I make adjustments? Mm -hmm. Or did I get on the wrong boat in the first place to get to this place I want to go? You know, Mm -hmm. I see people do that too, where it's really easy to see someone else that maybe has made a lot of money or gotten a lot of fame in an industry and to just start doing the things they did Mm -hmm. and be totally disconnected from the desires that they have for their life Mm -hmm. and get down the road and realize I'm in a place that's great, but it's not what I want. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what got me into graduate school. I looked at my professors and I thought, I want that life. I want to teach at a small liberal arts school. This looks amazing. And so I was like, how do we do this? And they said, oh, go to a top graduate school. And so I did. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want this at all. So it's like following someone else's formula is going to yield something that worked for them, which might not necessarily be something that works for us. Yeah. I so agree with you that deferring desire, if we're building our business or we're building our marriage, we're building our household in a way that's saying, I'll have what I want after I get this, after that. If we're deferring that kind of fulfillment of those wants and desires, we are not going to get them because what we are building doesn't have room for them, doesn't know how to accommodate them. I so deeply agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, one example is a schedule. So when I was single parenting, my son was with his dad one day a week, and then I had maybe a one day of childcare. And the most important thing for me was to have as much time with him as possible. Like I loved spending time with him and I also loved my business. So I was trying to do both of those things. And so part of the reason I specialized in wedding photography was I can take 10 weddings a year and I can reverse engineer how much I need to charge for those so that I can make what I need to make to be with my son the amount of time I want to be with him travel the weekends he's with his dad and do these weddings and Mm -hmm. then come home and be here. Like it started with that schedule that I wanted to have 
and the goals adjusted around those. So Mm -hmm. that was one time that I feel like I really made a lot of adjustments based on desire and based on love and based on the schedule that I wanted to have, Mm -hmm. not on what can I do to be a really well-known photographer? Mm -hmm. Because there's a whole list of things I could give you on how to get your name out there, how to get published in the right places, Mm -hmm. how everyone, you know, you, you like all these different industries have these little pockets of fame. Like there's lots of ways to get there. Right. And it might still not be what you want because what I wanted was to be home with my son. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, and I'm, I'm curious if you agree with this, but actually the thing that will most ensure your success, I'm going to almost say guarantee it, is doing what you want. Because when you're doing what you want, how you want it, you are so powerful and like glittery, glimmery. There's just when someone is living the life that they want and they're doing the work that they want, there is just this this glow of integrity. You know, actually who comes to mind is Senator Barack Obama running for president. Like, ready, just like, yes, this is me. This is what I want to do. This is who I am. And it didn't matter that he didn't have a lot of experience. And it didn't matter that his middle name was, I don't want to say it didn't matter. His middle name was Hussein. Obviously, it mattered intensely, but it didn't obstruct him, right? He was an unlikely person to become a two-term president, but he was so in his talents and desires. And you could tell like it was coming from within. He glowed with that. And I think really, if you want to be successful, that is the checklist of how to become a successful photographer. That may or may not work. But if you love what you do and you're doing in a way that works in your life, that is actually what gets you success. What do you think? Do you agree? I do agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think it gives you a, like that you said, that glow, but also this courage Mm. to do the thing that most people are too afraid to do. Like I came out the gate charging a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot more than my peers, a lot more than most people would say I should charge. But I had a damn good reason. You know, it was like, I want to do the best work I can possibly do. Mm hmm and create beautiful images for my clients. And I want to do 10 of them a year and make six figures. Mm -hmm. Like all you have to do is do the math and you know what you have to charge. And the only reason I had the courage to do that is because I had a really, really good reason to want to be home. Yeah. Yeah. You had a deep desire and like courage, I always love coming back to the root of that word. Like courage comes from like heart, right? So full of heart. This isn't like, I don't want to do it to impress people. I don't want to do it to like, I don't know, hit someone else's goal. I want to be with my son. Yeah. I want work that supports that. Yeah. I love that. And I think even, you know, in the coaching business and the adjustments I'm making now, I think when you realize when you realize what you're really good at or where you really are in your integrity, mm-hmm. then it also gives you the courage to make those moves. Like, I'm really good one-on-one. I'm really good at helping people see what they are great at. I'm great at helping people get really deep into something. So I think when you realize what you're good at, you can say yes to that in smaller quantities to allow yourself to do the best work you can possibly do. And you can say no to the rest of it. So like this big program I thought I wanted isn't going to let me do my best work because my best work is having a smaller group that I can really, really pour into Mm -hmm. and that I can really take one-on-one time with. But it's easy if you lose track of those things, of what you really value, what you're really excellent at to be like, oh, well, yeah, let's do this other thing over here that so, you know, so-and-so suggests or whatever. It doesn't right. mean it's bad advice. It just wasn't good for me and what is really, really true to who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel the same way. 
So what's a value or a way of being that you are bringing more into your life right now? What's like something that you're that you're consciously trying to kind of conjure up for yourself right now? I would say freedom. I, and I feel like I'm rolling my own eyes at myself saying that <laughs> word because like everyone wants more freedom, right? Like it can be taken in so many different ways. But here's what it means for me and I'm leaning more into it mm-hmm. is – not only freedom of time and location, but emotional freedom. Mm. Um, and if if you have people listening that are coaches or kind of empathetic, it is so easy to take on the burdens of all the people that we want to help. Yeah. And so the freedom that I'm working on now is this emotional freedom and resilience and holding space in a loving way without taking on the problems or the the burdens of my clients or my friends or the people around me. It's its having this really open-handed, loving, supportive presence instead of letting it kind of consume me or consume my emotional energy. So mm. freedom looks a lot of different ways, but I'd say that kind of energy of openness and freedom and love that doesn't come with strings attached. That's really what I'm inviting in. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, Kristen, you and I and all our Pisces energy. (laughs) Kristen's got a lot of Pisces energy. I've got a lot of Pisces energy. That's such a Pisces thing to be like freedom, but also from the burdens of everyone's heart. (laughs) It's because I love you so much. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, totally. That I need to work on my boundaries. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. I think I'm in this next level of being with my desires, really centering my desires, allowing my desires, owning my desires. I think I Um, And I don't know if you find this to be true, too. It's like I got to a certain kind of level with it, and now I can see the next level of it. I can see the next layer. It's like, oh, yeah, I do feel comfortable taking Mondays off. That's no problem because I want to. Once upon a time, I couldn't imagine it, but now I totally can. But I see this next layer. It's right over there, like this next layer of, oh, but, you know, what would even more spaciousness look like? What would even more time to create look like? And what's in the way of me going for going for that, that next level desire. So that's something that I'm conjuring for myself. So let's make it practical and not so dreamy, dreamy, right? So what does that look like for you? Conjuring up more, you said location freedom and like kind of schedule time freedom and emotional freedom. Like what's an example of like, how do you do that? Yeah. So there have been a lot of big shifts in my life lately. Mm -hmm. Some that haven't even talked about at all, Mm -hmm. which is I realized it's time for me to let go of wedding photography and things that really have me tied to a location or tied to dates Mm. far away. So I'm making big, big career changes. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also decided to – I'm homeschooling my son so that when I do have shoots in other countries, I can bring him with me and we can do education on the road. All of these things kind of are – decisions just recently made in that like following of integrity of of what if I actually let myself do that thing which I desire, which is to travel and be with my family and create beautiful things and help people, you know? So those are some really big shifts. Yeah. Other things are – I've had times of only working two days a week. This time I think I'm probably going to do a couple hours, maybe four days a week. Mm -hmm. I am relaunching some of my programs, but with different boundaries in place to allow for more freedom, Mm -hmm. communicating a lot more on the front end. Uh, I I wake up and take a walk every day and kind of like set aside that time for my own processing and being Mm. with myself and thinking and dreaming, like giving myself the Pisces time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of shifts happening right now. Mm. 
I love that. And I, I love that you show us the big and the small versions of it, because I think sometimes what I see for my clients a lot, and sometimes for myself too, is that it's like, oh, only the really big changes count. And it's actually that daily walk that builds the connection with self. Tell me where I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that daily walk builds the connection with self, builds the courage to make the bigger shifts and changes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The daily walk has been really, really foundational to a lot of these other decisions because I do have a hard time hearing what I actually want. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier for me to just go along with what everyone else wants. Mm. And so having that space to think and to dream and to get some courage to do the things is really, really vital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. When I think about how I'm like kind of accessing this next space of like desire, like being being able to own and and be with my desires, it's things like saying, you know, I also love to travel and I find that for me, and maybe it is kind of a little bit of a Pisces thing, when I'm going to do some creative work, I can't be in this house. <laughs> be here. I don't want to be in my home with my people all around me. I want to be somewhere else. I I don't have to be completely alone, but immersed in a different environment away from the day-to-day. And so my Mondays that I have no no problem taking off, I'm ready to evolve that into like monthly creative retreats. Like where could I go to have this every single month, a couple of days to do my creative work? So that feels like a big one. But then a smaller one is even, this is like, I can't even believe I'm going to tell you all this, but it's true. Like at the end of the night, asking my partner, hey, would you rub my feet? Yeah. Like I want that. and. I'm willing to ask you for that. Doesn't seem like it should be a big deal, but let me tell you, I have been through it with being in relationships where it's not okay to ask for what you want. And to build that little capacity to be able to say, hey, I'm going to ask you for something and I'm not going to worry that it's too late or you're too tired or you might not want to or whatever. I'm just going to ask for what I want and I'm going to feel more comfortable doing that. Like that's a little, a little thing that is actually also huge. It is huge. Yeah. I often think about how much I struggled with thinking of myself as needy. Like how much I needed things from people or Mm. just I would pretend like I didn't need anything. And I'm like, I'm kind of in an empowering way embodying my most needy self right now. Yes. There's so much integrity in that, Kristen, I think, because the reality is we are human beings. Like if I look at my dog's those little fuckers are so needy. <laughs> like they need, they need food. They need walks. They need love. They need water. They need treat. Like they need, and they don't feel ashamed about it. They're just like, you know, what would make my life better if you rub my belly right now? You know, what would make my life better if you let me out? No, let me in. No, let me out. No, let me in. Right? <laughs> it's like they do it so naturally because they're mammals, and so are we. We're needy. Exactly. We are. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why do I attach shame to that instead of mm-hmm. just being like, I'm a really needy business owner. Mm-hmm. I'm a really needy, you know, and I like just living it of I'm a really needy friend. Yeah. And I find friends that are needy right back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's almost like too, you know, if I'm going to show up in this life the way I show up with this much this big of a heart and like this much willingness to kind of do things differently and help other people do things differently. Yeah. That's going to require a lot of fuel for me. I'm going to need a lot of support. Does that resonate for you? Definitely. Yeah. I can't, I can't half-ass anything. Like my whole big heart is in everything. Mm -hmm. And so just 
realizing that if I need a creative trip every month, if I need to travel by myself for a week, twice a year, like Mm -hmm. those sound ridiculous and needy to myself saying them out loud. Mm -hmm. Or I could just own it and be like, this is what helps me be the best version of me. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's more than okay. That's kind of awesome. No, it's so awesome. And it is like building the next culture, right? I mean, I talk a lot about how damaging the dominant culture's ideal of rugged individualism is. This whole idea that, you know, somehow we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we're self-made. We do it on our own. Like, it's such a lie. Such a lie. It's such a lie. Nobody does. And it seems to me that, yeah, to kind of pull that pendulum in the opposite direction and say, no, actually, we all need each other. We cannot do these things alone. We need each other because like, let's face it, if I want to go away for a creative retreat, I need help. I need someone to help me with the house and the dogs. I need someone to help me with the kids. I need processes set up in my business that like allow me to be able to do that. I need a lot actually to be able to do those things. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that like building a community is so vital to our businesses mm-hmm. and to a beautiful life and and really that one of the things that getting divorced kind of with a young kid showed me is that when you do need something from your community and your friends it's such a beautiful gift to receive that from them. Mm. Like all of the time I spent being the strong one, being the one that had it all together kind of took a lot away from me as far as like getting to experience connection, getting to experience true friendship. And so some of that opening up and being like, I actually do need, I need a friend. I need my mom sometimes. Mm -hmm. I need, you know, a partner or whatever it is like that, that helped me to experience the world in a different way too Mm -hmm. and to give that back to people Mm -hmm. that there's so much fullness in that giving and receiving Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I love that and that maybe is like a wonderful like kind of last definition of integrity right it's like we think of integrity as this very strong like this you know that big marble building I was talking about but integrity also is like what I'm hearing and really resonating with is it's it's honoring the whole self, including the vulnerable one, including the one who who needs, the one who can't do it alone, actually. Mm. Okay, so let's do a little review of where we've been because we've been so many places. Um, integrity is listening to our bodies. Integrity is listening to our desires and saying them out loud and manifesting them in little ways that kind of turn into bigger ways, like Kristen was was kind of illustrating for us. What else did you hear, Kristen, that integrity is from this conversation? I think integrity is softening mm. and letting go too. Because mm-hmm. I I still have this visual as a kid when I was really deeply entrenched in this religious community. I got this yardstick and I wrote all of these, um, I guess, fruits of the spirit. If you're religious, if you're like mm. are familiar with some religious things, I wrote all these different traits that I could grow to be and I could eventually reach this like pinnacle of just doing all of the right perfect things. And I think integrity is being okay getting it wrong sometimes. Integrity is softening and realizing that it's like it's okay to let people catch you. And I think integrity as a leader is also showing people that Everyone needs help. Everyone needs to take a break. Yeah. No one is there to save the day for everyone. Right. 
And it's not effortless, easy, you know. It's it's actually a lot of growth. A lot of growth and a lot of support is required. I also want to be sure to circle back to that moment, the river, the river moment. Sometimes integrity is putting yourself first and letting go of what's not necessary. Sometimes integrity is being willing to let go of things you've built or things you're hanging on to that you know are just not working. And just trusting that we're both here to say it for you all. (laughs) We're both here to tell you when you are true to you, that's where the happiness is. That's where the growth is. That's where the money is. It's not easy. It's not a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. It's not, that's not how it works exactly. We still have to build it and we have to grow a lot to do it. But that's really, that's integrity. Oh my gosh. Kristen, thank you so much for being here today. You're just the gemist of the gem. Please tell the lovely Mind Witchery listener where they can find you and learn more about you and what they could do with you. I am on Instagram a lot at Kristen Sweeting. I also have a program that we launch a couple times a year called Danger School. It really is taking your creative business and making it work for you in probably a way that's different than most people tell you you should. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also study abroad together a couple times a year, which those are very fun. We go and really immerse ourselves in in the culture of where we're going, talk about creative business, do all of the things. So mm-hmm. get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can find me. I also have a podcast that Natalie was just on, the Dangerous Creatives Podcast, and I'm just so glad to be here today. Oh my gosh, so much fun. All right, loves. So um, please do what you want. Listen to your body. Be willing to do things differently. It really is the way that we build a culture that has so much more integrity, which I think we're all longing for that. We all long for a culture that is in more integrity. We get to build it choice by choice together. I'm so glad that you're with me in this, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Witchery. To catch all the magic I'm offering, please subscribe to the show. Or if you want a little bit of weekly witchiness in your inbox, sign up for my Sunday letter at mindwitchery.com. If today's episode made you think of a friend or loved one, your sister, your neighbor, please tell them about it. We need more magic makers in this troubled world. Like all good things, this podcast is co-created by stellar people. Our music is by fabulous DJ, artist, and producer, Shammy D. Our gorgeous art is by the Sorcerers at New Moon Creative. Mind Witchery is produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Natalie Miller. Till next time.